Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Jonah. Come on, somebody say Jonah. We are in a series called Jonah Lessons from a Man Who Ran. And how many of you were here last week when we kicked this series off? Yeah, man, we we got started with a bang. Uh, The title of, of the message last week was this, you can run, but you can't hide. We talked about the journey of Jonah trying to escape the call of God, but how many of you have discovered that God has a way of tracking you down? And again, let let me repeat something that I said last week that I think we need to, to reinforce again today. God will craft an entire series, I believe, for one person. And so today, I'm preaching for the one. You may be the one. You may know someone who is the one. But I think God's great love is demonstrated in the story of Jonah. And we're going to unpack that today. If you're taking notes, because I believe that history makers are note takers, I want you to write this down. The title of the message today is simply this. There's something fishy going on here. Something fishy. And when you came in today, did you, did you see these on your way in? See, listen, you, you thought, you just thought this was for the children's. Mm-mm. Kids, keep your hands off our goldfish. These are for the adults. Now, I know some of you are really particular about your diet. But studies show that whatever you eat in church <laughs> has no calories, no, no fat content. Come on, somebody. This is proven to make you as strong as Samson, as spiritual as David, and as wise as Solomon. Come on, somebody. Give me the goldfish. Give me the goldfish. There's something fishy going on here. Uh, we, we talk about Jonah, and I know the, the predominant thought is we think about the whale. The little girl was talking to her teacher at school uh, one day, and she was telling her teacher Uh, that at Sunday school, she had learned about Jonah and how Jonah was swallowed by a whale. The teacher said, you know, I don't believe that. Teacher told the little girl, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because though very large in size, the whale is a large mammal, it has a very small throat. So I, I just don't believe that story. Well, the girl was unmoved. She was convinced. She learned it in church that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. So irritated, the teachers again stated, I don't believe it for a second. It's totally impossible. How could a whale swallow a human? The girl said, well, I'm not exactly sure, but when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. The teacher said, well, what if Jonah's not in heaven? The student said, well, then you can ask him. That's a smart little girl right there. If that was you, you're, you're hired at HPC. You're officially on staff, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Did y'all read that article or hear the story back in, in the June of this year about the guy who was off the coast of Cape Cod? He was a lobster diver, and he was swallowed 
by a whale. Did you, did you read that? Did you hear that? In fact, I think we got a picture. Put, put a picture. This guy, Michael Packard, he was diving for lobsters. Check out, he said, I was completely inside. It was so black and so dark. I thought to myself, there's no way I'm getting out of here. I'm done. I'm dead. All I could think about was my boys. They're 12 and 15 years old. Uh, outfitted in scuba gear, he struggled, and the whale began shaking its head so Packard could tell he didn't like it. He estimated he was in the whale for about 30 to 40 seconds before the whale finally surfaced. He said, I saw light, and he started throwing his head from side to side. The next thing I knew, I was coughed up outside in the water. True story. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. You know, when you hear the story of Jonah, immediately you think of the great fish. But I love what, what G. Campbell Morgan said. He said, men have been looking so long at the great fish that they have failed to see the great God. Today, we're going to talk about Jonah and the fish. But I want our takeaway to be more than just a fish. I want it to be about the fisher of men. I want it to be about who God is. Pick the story up with me, Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. The Bible says this, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I want you to, to, to jot this thought down. The first thing I want you to see is this, things get fishy when we disobey God. Things get a little fishy through our disobedience, things start to get fishy. Uh, the scripture says that a great fish, I know we talk about a whale, but the, the Bible doesn't specifically say it was a whale. It refers to it as a great fish. Now, here's what's interesting for all of you Bible scholars. If you look up that word fish, great fish in the Hebrew, it's the word dag, D-A-G, dag. And the Ninevites, who we, last week we talked about how brutal they were, how wicked, how evil and immoral, they worshiped the god Dagon, D-A-G-O-N. He was the great god of the fish. And so the scripture says that the Lord had arranged a great fish. Interesting, and we'll see this next week how this comes into play. But the Lord had arranged a dag, the, the, the false god Dagon, to swallow up Jonah. God had told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah refused, and so God said, well, I'm going to arrange a fish by appointment. Let, let me say it this way, divine appointment. I believe in divine appointment. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in accidents. I believe divine providence. Notice in the sovereignty of God that he appointed, he assigned this great fish. It implies that it was customly designed for Jonah. Can I tell you this? God gives us tremendous freedom. He gives us the freedom of choice, but he does not give us the freedom of consequence. We have the freedom to choose, but consequences belong to the Lord. God had arranged a fish. Disobedience, man, when, when you're not obeying God, things get fishy. You know, about a month ago, Rachel and I walked into our house, and as soon as we walked in, the smell was so foul. I mean, it literally hit us in the face. 
She says, it smells like something has died up in here. What do you think has happened? And so we're, we're walking through the house. The whole place just stunk. You know, we're, we're checking. She says, you need to check the attic. Maybe there's an animal that just, you know, got up in the attic and has, has died. And so I'm digging in the attic and, you know, we're checking every corner and, and, and every part of the house. We can't. She's lighting candles. All the kids are walking in. They're like, this is terrible. We go to the refrigerator. It was in the fridge. We had taken some fish out of the freezer and put it in the fridge and then forgot to prepare it for days. And you know what? The whole house stunk because of what we had forgotten in the fridge. I mean, we had to tear the fridge apart and clean it, take every shelf out. It was nasty. It was just all this fish juice just everywhere. (sighs) Can I tell you, when we disobey God, It pollutes our entire life. Disobedience in one area of your life doesn't just stay in that area. Come on, talk to me. It's connected. You may be successful publicly, but if there's disobedience privately, that's going to eventually bleed into every area of your life. The Bible says that God had arranged a fish. What's God trying to do here? He's trying to teach Jonah something. You know, there's a tremendous opportunity when God brings correction for us to learn. And I've discovered we learn really in two ways. We learn through advice or we learn through adversity. We learn through advice. Come on, somebody say advice. You know, parents and pastors and teachers and coaches. Hey, let me give you some wisdom. Uh, Let me help you from my experience. Hey, listen, I've made these mistakes. We try to train our children based on the mistakes that we've made so they don't have to make them themselves. But you know what? Sometimes our kids won't learn through our advice. They're going to have to learn through adversity. And you know, it's the lesson you learn through pain. That's the lesson you don't ever forget. Can I have a good amen? You see, Hebrews 12, verse 10, the Bible reminds us, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline, somebody say God's discipline. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Now, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, exclamation point. Hey, did you ever have your parents tell you, son, this is going to hurt me way more than this is going to hurt you? Did your dad ever tell you that? I told my dad, well, then give me the belt then. (laughs) No, I didn't. I thought of it. I wouldn't dare say that. It's painful, the Bible says. But afterwards, somebody say afterwards. You see, on the other side of discipline, there is a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You see, there's a difference between discipline and destruction. God's not trying to destroy Jonah. He's trying to teach Jonah. Jonah is in the belly of this fish. Now, hear me. This place the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. This was a place of darkness, a place of death, a place of hopelessness. And maybe you're here today and you find yourself in the belly of a fish. 
Maybe the choices that you have made up until this point have produced nothing but darkness. Maybe there's loneliness. Maybe there's tremendous guilt. You feel like something in you has died. You're in the belly of a fish. Can I tell you this? If the Lord had arranged for this fish to swallow up Jonah, you know what that tells me? That God wasn't finished with Jonah. You may be in the belly of some bad circumstances, but I want you to know this. God is not finished with you. He has not given up on you. Now, maybe you've given up on yourself. Maybe other people have written you off, but God is so loving. He's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to develop you. The arrangement of this fish to swallow Jonah tells me that God has a plan. Come on, somebody say God has a plan. Now, maybe your plans haven't worked out well for you, but God's got a plan and a purpose in spite of it. God wasn't finished with Jonah. He's not finished with you. God's like, how many of you think in this moment, as Jonah is in the belly of this fish, how many of you think that God has Jonah's attention? Do you know God will allow things to happen to you to get your attention? God's saying, hey, Jonah, remember that storm? Remember the boat that you were on, that storm? That was me. Hey, remember, remember when you were thrown into the ocean and, you know, fighting for your life and then all the winds in the way? <laughs> that was me. Hey, Jonah, now you're here in the belly of a whale. Guess what? I'm still here. Over here, Jonah, over here. Look up here. Look up. Look up. over here. Hey, you guys, look over. You know what? God will allow things to happen. Some of you, you, you caught that reference. Three amigos. Come on. Y'all seen that movie? That's crazy. That's my favorite part. <clears throat> Sometimes God will allow things to happen in your life. L- listen to this. Good things have to fall apart so even better things can come together. Some of you are in this dark, difficult place that feels isolated and lonely, and God's saying to you, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm trying to get your attention. Hear me, church. If there are a 100 steps between you and God, God will take 99, but then he leaves that last step to you. God, he he can't do it for Jonah, but he wants to do it with Jonah. I'm trying to talk to you, Jonah. I'm trying to get your attention. Sometimes life gets so incredibly painful that the only place you have to look is up. Sometimes you don't don't realize God is all you need until he's all you have. Come on, help me today. You know, God will let you hit rock bottom so that you can discover he is the rock at the bottom. And if you're going to rebuild your life, some of you need to press reset. You see, some of you are here today, and it's not by accident. It is not by coincidence. If you came casually or you came because you had to or because somebody invited you, but God specifically ordained this moment and this message just for you because he's saying, I've taken all 99 steps. Now the last one I leave for you. What will you do when God gets your attention. Here's what Jonah did. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed. He prayed to the Lord his God. From where? Inside the fish. Don't you love that? 
Jonah prayed from inside the belly of that fish. Can I tell you this? You can pray anywhere, anytime, about anything. You don't have to pray just in church. Well, I can't wait to get to church so I can pray. No. <laughs> if the only time you're praying is in church, come on now. If the only time you're praying is when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Come on, come on, come on. You can pray standing up. You can pray kneeling. You, you, you can pray lying down. You can pray out loud. You can pray silently. You can pray when you're walking the dog. You can pray when you're driving the car. I highly recommend that most of you begin to pray while you drive. I've seen some of the way y'all driving out there. Now, when you pray while driving, please pray with your eyes open. Do not close those eyes. Jonah prayed from the belly of the well. The second thing I want you to notice is this. Your worst moments can bring your best perspectives. Your worst moments can produce your best perspectives. Some of you are in the most difficult situation of your life, and you're thinking it's over. But God is bringing you to a place where you can get a new perspective. God wants you to see things that you haven't seen before. The Bible says Jonah finally turned to God in prayer after all the running. And I want to tell you this. It is exhausting to try to escape God, to try to run from God. Some of you have spent so much energy and so much effort running from God that you finally just run to the end of your rope. And can I tell you, when you're at the end of you, you've just tapped into the beginning of God. He's like, oh, okay, are you finished now? Are you done? Have you had enough? Some of you can't clean up the things that you've messed up, and God's like, okay, I'm not going to force myself into your world, but are you done? Yes. Then turn to God in prayer. Jonah prayed I read a true story about a bar that was being built in Texas. And a local church started a campaign with petitions and prayers to stop the bar from being built. Well, the construction was nearly complete with only one week before opening. And guess what happened? Lightning struck that bar and burned it to the ground. Well, the bar owner sued the church. And this is what he said. He said that it was their prayers that were responsible for the destruction of his bar. Well, the church denied any responsibility or connection to their prayers and the fire. So as the judge is reading through the paperwork, reading through the, the suit, the, the plaintiff's complaint, and the defendant's reply, he said, I don't know how I'm going to decide this. It appears to me that we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer, but an entire church congregation that doesn't. <laughs> Can I tell you this? When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Prayer moves the hands that move the world. And God wants you to know that he'll allow you to reach the belly of a fish, a place of darkness and a place that feels like death, so you will come to the end of yourself. And when you reach the end of yourself, turn toward him. 
Bible says Jonah prayed, and, and in Jonah chapter 2, we read this, and I want to break this down quickly over the next few moments. I want you to see the road to recovery, okay? I want you to see what Jonah prays, and there's four specific thoughts, A, B, C, D, in, in this second movement, chapter 2, but notice what he does here, the roadmap to recovery. First, he seeks God's help. Watch what he says in verse 2. I cried out to the Lord in my trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. There's not a single prayer that you ever pray that falls on deaf ears. Can I say that again? Because I know that there are some parents praying for their children, and you're believing God to, to rescue your kids from darkness. Every prayer that you pray, God hears. Our prayers have no expiration date on them, and neither do God's promises. Notice, the Bible says in this moment, Jonah, he sought God's help. Some of you have been running to other things and other people for help. Uh, listen, can I just challenge you? Quit expecting something from others that only God can give. You, somebody needs to hear this because you're chasing things you think will help you, but they're of no help. In fact, you're asking for advice from people who don't even know what they're doing with their lives. Can I have a better amen? Go to the source. We think things can help us, but they're no help at all. When Rachel, when Rachel and I, when we were pregnant with our first, when, when she was pregnant with Alexa, babe, do you remember me telling you, said, babe, now look, when, when, when this baby is born, I'm going to do night shift, Okay. Because I, I know that you, you'll be busy all day with the baby. And so when I come home, look, I don't want you to have to. Remember me telling you that? I was like, but you, you, I, I, you're going to need a good night's rest. I will pull night duty. I, I'm going to help you, all right? So Alexa was born, and man, I, that was my commitment to, to Rachel. Look, I, I got night duty. So the first night, man, it was beautiful. I mean, listen, y'all, I woke up at like 6 o'clock the next morning, and I was like, oh, just so well-rested. I said, baby, Alexa did so great. This parenting stuff is easy. I don't know why people complain. And I mean, Alexa slept through the night. Rachel said, no, you slept through the night. <laughs> Do you remember that? I was like, I did? She's like, yeah, you didn't hear me get up three times? I was like, no, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> How do you know I was no help? <laughs> I, I made promises that I couldn't keep. I, I wasn't any help. Listen, if you're in trouble, turn to God. He will help you. He can do for you what you could never do for yourself. I mean, man can make promises and friends will do their best, but your source of healing, your source of freedom comes from God and God alone. Yes. Seek God's help. This is this. The second thing, accept God's discipline. This is big. Notice what he says here in verse 3. God, you threw me into the ocean depths. I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Accept the discipline of God Almighty. Now listen, there is a difference between punishment and discipline. Can I talk about that just for a second? I know sometimes we use these words and we think that they're interchangeable, but they're really not. Punishment is, and we'll see this at the end of this message, but punishment is like for like 
criminal activity. It's, it's kind of what a judge will sentence a criminal. Here is your punishment. Or, or in, in another analogy, you know, in sports, a referee, if he sees uh, uh, an infraction of the rules, he's going to throw the penalty flag. He's going to penalize you for, for your conduct. But a coach doesn't punish. A coach instructs. A coach is going to say, hey, time out. Come over here. Hey, did you see what you did? Okay, here's how we're going to do it better the next time. Can I tell you this? God is not a referee. He's a coach. God's not trying to punish you. You'll see this at the end of this message. But understand the difference. God was not punishing Jonah. He was disciplining him. Discipline implies instruction. Now, now let me just say this, because some of you are experiencing tremendous pain right now. And if you're walking through pain, at least learn the lessons that God is trying to teach you. Redeem the painful experience instead of saying, oh, God, why me? Say, oh, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? If you got to walk through the heartache, at least learn the lesson. If you don't learn the lesson, guess what? You probably circle back around and have to walk through that pain again. Some of you have been through so much pain. God's saying, no, 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 don't circle that mountain again. Learn the lesson. Not only do we seek God's help, we accept his discipline. The third thing is we trust his promises. Trust his promises. This is the road to recovery. How do you get out of the belly of that fish? You seek his help, accept his discipline, trust his promises. Look at verse 4. Then Jonah said, O Lord, you've driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I think that's a reference to Jesus and the crown of thorns. You'll see this in just a moment. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. You, O Lord, rescued me. You pulled me out of death and despair. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. It may feel like death, but God says, I will rescue you if you turn to me. Trust the promises of God. As you seek him and embrace his discipline, then trust in his Goodness. Now, listen to me. There are a lot of things that will happen to you that aren't good. But God has promised to use those things for good. Bible doesn't say all things are good, but he uses all things for your good and ultimately for his glory. Do we believe that? Do we believe in the character and nature of God that even though bad things could be happening to us, good things can be developed inside of us? Finally, this last thing, yield to the will of God. Yield to God's will. He finishes by saying in verse 8, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Now, here's what's interesting, okay? If you notice in this prayer, there are eight different references to the Psalms. I love the Psalms. So much passion and emotion, so much raw reality. Man, these psalmists, when they write, they're many of them walking through tremendous pain and hurt. And notice what Jonah does in the middle of his worst moments. 
he begins to turn to the scripture. He, he prays the word of God. Listen, when you pray, pray the scriptures over your children. Pray the scriptures over your family. Pray. You know what some, some of you need to do? Just take some scriptures, whatever promises you're believing God for. Maybe it's in your finances or in your job or for your future. And put it on a sheet of paper and just stick it under your pillow at night. Read it before you go to bed and rest on the promises of God. Jonah quotes the book of Psalms eight times, and he begins to pour his heart out to God. The best way to recover from all of the craziness in your life, God's word and worship. You know, I think I may have shared this last week. I don't know if I did or not. But I, I remember when I was in college, and I never ran from God but I ran from the call of God. I did. Listen, y'all, I did not want to be a preacher. <laughs> I didn't trust preachers. <laughs> There's a little nervous laughter right now, I know. Some of you don't trust me. I'm cool with that. I get it, okay? I get it. You know, I'd been hurt. How many know church hurt is the worst? I mean, you expect to be treated, you know, like trash by the world, but then when you come to church and then, you know, you know how that just gets crazy. I think God... You know, he understands the journey of people who've been hurt in church. I'll tell you this. The devil will set you up to get you upset. He will. And if he can hurt you in church and cause you to turn your back on, on, on the body of Christ and even question who God is, man, he's going to do everything he can to, to accomplish that. And I was running from the call of God. I love God, but I didn't like church. and I didn't trust pastors. I said I would never preach. About my sophomore, junior year in college, I felt the Lord speak to me and he said, Mike, I've let you live your entire life doing what you wanted. Now I want you to live the rest of your life doing what I want. And that was a turning point for me. I went from, oh man, I'm all about sports. Man, I wanted to win games. And God was saying, no, I want you to win souls. Don't worry about games. I want you to win souls. There, there's a kingdom prize that's greater than a championship. Would you live the rest of your life doing what I want. Jonah prayed this prayer, and look at what happened. I want to ask the band to come up. Let's wrap this up. Verse 10, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine Jonah in that moment? I can see him. He's wrapped up in seaweed. Three days he's been in this fish. This fish was trying to digest him and just got indigestion, said, Bleh. no. Jonah, face first on the sand. Oh, man, that was a great day to be back on solid ground. Can I tell you this? It was at that moment Jonah learned that he is the God of the second chance. He's the God of the second chance. You know, for that point, I almost put he's the God of another chance. I didn't... I wasn't going to put the God of the second chance because some of us have had so many chances, we can't even remember what that second chance was. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> Jonah was barfed, but he was blessed. Come on, somebody. He was regurgitated, but he was restored. Come on. In that moment now, all of a sudden, Jonah is willing. <laughs> Where's Nineveh? Where I, I need the quickest way to get to Nineveh. God had given Jonah a second chance. He never thought he'd see the light of day again. And yet God in his goodness restored Jonah. What a sight. You see that fish 
was not a, a hearse leading him to death, but it was an Uber taking him to his destiny. Come on, talk to me. I love this moment for us. We, we get to read this and we get to learn from Jonah. Can I tell you, don't make the mistakes that Jonah made. Learn. What's God trying to tell us? Trust me, my plan and purpose for you is greater than what you could imagine. And if you mess up, I can restore you. Now there's a, a, a moment in the Gospel of Matthew where the Pharisees, they're mad at Jesus. And they're, tra they're trying to trap him. And they're saying, okay, by whose authority do you do all of this? All the miracles and all the teaching. Tell us who you really are. Give us a sign. You know, the world's asking for a sign. And the Pharisees said, give us a sign that you are who you say you are. And you know what Jesus gives them as a sign? The sign of Jonah. Look at what it says in Matthew 12. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And the people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day, and they will condemn it because Nineveh repented of their sins. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that fish was not the end of Jonah, and the grave will not be the end of me. You see, you think it's the end, but this is just the beginning. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, he came out of that pit, out of that tomb, out of death itself. You and I, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, God can resurrect us, he can raise us up, and he can get us back on the right path again. Can I have a good amen? You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.